Welcome back to this episode of the Country and Cold Cans Podcast. I'm your host, Logan. And I'm Andy. Today we have a guest who may be joining us a few more times over the next few weeks. Uh, Kyle, thanks for sitting in, Kyle. Glad you had me. So today, you know, we're uh, going to be talking about an artist that we're all three fans of to varying degrees. Um, Eric Church, one of, in my opinion, one of the bright spots in the mainstream over the last 10 years. So I know that we all have kind of different opinions on his best records and his current output and everything, but that's, you know, that's the whole purpose of the podcast for us to discuss that shit. I think a lot of the records are all going to be the same, though. Oh, yeah, a lot of our favorite records, definitely. Like, you know, we're going to kind of get into our each of our, like, top five favorite songs, like, not necessarily in order, but um, not what we necessarily think, at least for me, not what I think are his best songs, but the ones that I like the most. So, yeah, so I guess first let's start with, like, you know, Eric Church. Let's look at him through the prism of he's a mainstream artist. We know there are a lot of people out there that it doesn't matter what comes out of the mainstream, they're going to say it sucks, but that's not reality. There's good stuff in the mainstream, there's bad stuff in the independent scene. Just call a spade a spade and kind of roll with it that way. But I think Eric Church is one of the, the better mainstream artists that we've had, been consistently putting out quality uh, songs. Yeah. And he's also one of our hometown, home state guys, too. Yeah, shout out North Carolina. Even though he is a UNC fan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's a UNC fan. That sucks. Yeah, but, uh, but you know, there's a that's pretty common in North Carolina. Not everybody can be on the right path pulling for one of the other schools. So, Not everybody can be smart. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good songwriter, but misguided in his sports, sports fanhood, whatever, whatever the word is for that. But he does have cool shades. Yeah, that's something that people actually criticize him for. Though a lot of the independent fans, they they see it as more as just marketing, and uh, less more sizzle than steak, so to speak. But I think it's pretty smart. You know, I mean, it's it, he created a brand. Yeah, it's a unique look for him. It really is. And the story behind that actually is that he said that when he was playing like the little uh, dive bars and everything, the lights were so so like bright and kind of hot. The heat coming off would like were hurting his contacts and drying them out. So he would wear the shades as a way of. I guess uh, preventing that. Then when he moved up to the next level, like he just kept it because it was a recognizable look, and so, it looks cool. I mean, it, it does look cool. It's very badass. Yeah, but at the same time, you are wearing shades in a dark arena, so. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're cool, you're cool. It's always sunny yeah. on planet cool. <laughs> but yeah, so Eric Church, like I said, for me, I know that like my favorite records of his, like I think it's it's one of those things that when I first encountered him, the first like three records for me I think I'm not saying that they are necessarily his best songwriting efforts but they're still my favorite because it was the first thing I was in, like introduced to with his music and his sound has definitely evolved over the years um, what about y'all? The uh, first album I came across was I believe the Carolina album yeah uh, his and, second record yes and uh, the whole album was good top to bottom uh, so after that this was toward our latter years in high school yeah yep. so then that was right when uh Chief, Chief, yeah, Chief 2011. Yeah. That Chief was the one that out. really exploded and put him on the yeah. on the map as a as a big time player in the mainstream. And once that came out, then I started looking at a lot of his older singles, like the Caldwell County. Album, oh yeah, the EP, is, yeah, which is always really good. So. Oh yeah, and I know that one thing about Eric Church, like he's always he kind of puts up this idea of like he's fighting against the system, but in reality, he's very much a part of the 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 Nashville system. But to his credit, he's done it in his own way. He's always been an artist that has, like, you know, put up some substance in his music. It wasn't just all about beer on the tailgates with the girl on the Daisy Duke, yeah. as I like to say, because that gets annoying after a while. He always had a little bit of a different flair than the other people of the time period. Kind of like Al Dean and Luke Bryan and yeah. him were all kind of like the 2011, 2012, or like the big guys, and Kenny Chesney, too. 
and during that time period, but Eric Church was always kind of more different than the the rest of them. Yeah, for sure. I know that like with Eric Church in particular, he um, like I said, he didn't. It wasn't as cookie cutter, and I think that's what I, always drew me to him. And some, for instance, like in a lot of his songs, he has uh, he's a very talented songwriter. Like the wordplay in a lot of them, and we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about we're we're gonna talk about our favorite songs. But like the wordplay in his songs, it's it's not something that looks like it was produced in a factory, so to speak, to put out for mass consumption. It actually seems like it it was some time and effort put into the songs. It's not the same reference done over and over and over yeah. again. Like don't get me wrong, there are some buzzwords he uses because I mean he is a mainstream artist, but it isn't just like. It doesn't sound like everything else on the radio. But with Eric Church, too, I, I think it's fair. We need to acknowledge that the beginning part of his career was definitely more rootsy and country than the latter part. But I think a lot of that is Eric Church at his core is a rock artist that's caught in modern day music where rock as a mainstream art form doesn't really exist anymore. It exists on in the independent realm. But if you want to make lots of money while putting out good songs, you know, like there's a problem when Imagine Dragons was the uh, Grammy Award winner for a rock album. Like a whole generation of people that listen to the radio are going to think that's their preeminent rock band, which is horseshit in my opinion. But I know Andy likes them. Some. <laughs> I didn't know they were a rock band. That because they're, they're not. <laughs> they're, I found that out not. in hindsight. <clears throat> I did right. not know they were. Can say even considered that. I wouldn't have ever pictured that yeah i just think the songs suck like be honest because they they sound like they're songs that were made for tv commercials i thought they were a pop group that was like had like rootsy like a little like rock root in it but it's mostly a pop thing maybe to the rock side that makes sense but i mean you have any thoughts on imagine dragons while we're on it yeah they kind of reminded me of uh i listened to a lot of uh heavy rock uh, in my younger days Remind me a lot of like places like Panic at the Disco when they went more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, that's there's, fair. There's guitar in it, so yeah. they call it rock. Yeah, exactly. So. It's not com- it's not a hundred percent made on a computer. So the, I guess it, in modern music fans' minds, at least the passive listener, it's uh, it, it's got a guitar, so it must be rock. rock. Yeah. Whereas like now, you could put up put out a song that's you know completely a pop song, but if you have a little bit of twang in your voice, it has to be country. Correct. Which is fundamentally just. Ridiculous. Basic math. Twain equals country. Yeah. But but yeah, Eric Church has always been kind of a rock artist called in the country sphere. He, but when he does a country song, he does it very, very well. Yeah. And that's where I wish sometimes he would kind of delve more into that, that side of his repertoire than what he does. But, you know, the reality is he's an arena rock star called in the country sphere. And when you go to his shows, you know, it, it really, you, you can see that. He puts on a great show. He really does. And that, that's one thing that I love about Eric Church is he really is um, the only person in modern music that kind of takes the Bruce Springsteen route of like his most recent tour, the Double Down tour. He was playing for like two and a half hours, no opener. You know, that's something that other than the boss, you know, nobody else does that. And credit to Bruce Springsteen. I mean, plays three hour shows in his 60s and 70s. <laughs> it's, it's insane. And when we saw him twice in the same year and at that time point I think we had heard the majority of his discography between those two shows yeah like he, he does a goes out of his way to create a different set list for each uh, each uh, show which is important to me because I've been to so many bands that I've seen you know if you see one show you've seen them all it doesn't make it any less fun but it's not this, it's not the same unique experience and he works to make it a different experience each time you show up to the show yeah, so. not, yeah, not just adding in the newest single to the 
Drop exactly. the oldest single, add the newest. Yeah. Play it's, it again. He plays a lot of deep cuts, and I think that's what his fans kind of like about it. Yeah. I mean, you guys might can speak to that. I, I'm definitely a deep cut album listener, and I think a lot of church fans are album listeners. They're not just singles on the radio kind of cats. Yeah. So, I would agree with that. I would probably, yeah. Mostly how that, I think that goes with him. Yeah, which, which is how he's cultivated, I guess, his, his um, grassroots, so to speak, following, where they're, they're very passionate fans, and that goes a long way because... Very passionate. Yeah, very passionate. And, you know, I think it's a little bit ridiculous that he didn't win Entertainer of the Year this past year because his touring numbers were insane. I guess uh, you could only argue that Garth had similar touring numbers in that year, but, like, I... I'm a Garth Brooks fan, but I ain't gonna lie to you. I've kind of gotten tired of the whole Garth Brooks all shucks uh, routine that he's been doing for the last 30 years. Like, we get it, Garth. You're a millionaire, and your kids and their kids and their kids are gonna be set. Like, quit with this, you know, this faux mentality of, I'm like, I can't believe you guys showed up. Like, come on, man. <laughs> but I'm, not, Brooks, I'm Garth, not a Garth fan. I'm not really a Garth fan either. However, Garth does play on the nostalgia. Yeah, 100%. Um, Kind of like the classic rock guys do. Yeah, he, so he he has that, and he took a hiatus for what? Lord, he retired in two thousand one. Came back what five years ago now? So yeah, so ten years. Yeah, 10, years. 10, 15 years, something like that. So when you had somebody that was as big as he was, and then he takes off that, there was a uh, I guess a demand for wanting to hear his songs again. Yeah. But Eric Church, he has been a road warrior, and he puts out. In the mainstream, he's one of the people that puts out some of the most consistently cohesive albums. It's not just a collection of songs that, you know, have some radio hits that sound like radio hits and then a bunch of filler for people to like. And then one token rootsy song to a nod to the genre that they're supposed to be singing for. So that's the one thing I like about him. But, you know, uh, if you guys want to go on like we'll start with what we consider are our favorite Eric Church songs and I don't know if how you can we didn't really talk about the parameters for this so much before but I know for me in particular I picked my favorite not necessarily what I think are his best written songs or best songs so to speak but what hit me as an individual the most and like and, and I guess go into why yeah, Andy if you want to kick yeah, off I pretty much did the same thing you did picking them but obviously my opinion is correct so my top five <laughs> are his best but yeah my, my number one is Two Pink Lines <laughs> That's what I put number one. I had a close second, but Two Pink Lines is first. Mainly because I think it paints the perfect picture of being a young and reckless person. It paints the perfect, he paints the perfect word picture through that story of what, sort of what that is like. Yeah. And that song, I like that song, how it does have a narrative to it. It's not so list-like like a lot of mainstream country singers do. He, you know, the song is, you know, he's, they, you know, I don't know how to go about this diplomatically, but they, they think they got pregnant. And they're sitting in the truck, <clears throat> you know, talking about what could be the possibility of how my life is going to change all within a three-minute zone. And then at the very end, you know, he basically get right back to being young and reckless with getting away with it. Yeah, he got away with it. But did he learn his lesson? I don't know. Probably. I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but uh, My favorite song is from the Caldwell County album, uh, which is probably Chevy Van. And I was talking to Logan before we started. And I, be, I believe it was a cover. I don't know who originally sang it, but uh, just I just like the just the slow strum of the guitar throughout the whole song, uh, and I just really think it it, it brings out his voice uh, that a lot of his more modern songs don't don't. Um, it's just a it's just a jam. It really is a jam, and yeah, you're right. It is a cover. We just you know looked it up. It was uh, 
a song in 1973 by Sammy Johns was, I believe, yeah, it was Sammy Johns was the original writer and and uh, that sounds like and, a sandwich shop. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Like Jimmy Johns, just the, the the knockoff Jimmy Johns, but <laughs> it was before they went franchised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Chevy Van's a great song. I mean, it paints again. It just paints a good picture of you know, uh, you know, picking up some young. It's it's very appropriate for the 1970s, honestly. Like yeah, and it kind of reminds you of uh, being in high school. Yeah, and um, some nostalgia factor. Yeah, you know, going out on a, a date and hoping that um, <laughs> it goes somewhere. You know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, so for me, my favorite song is um, definitely where she told me to go. And like it's as anybody that's ever read our Twitter or listened to any of our podcasts know that I'm a big bummer jam guy. Sad songs make me happy, as BJ Barham eloquently said on his newest record. But I love it because it's you know it's a song about breaking up because you feel like you need space with uh, your significant other. But then like after you break up, you realize that you know uh, things start to go downhill pretty quickly, and you realize you made a mistake, and you you know you're you're missing that girl that you thought was holding you back, but in reality, she, for lack of sounding cliche here, like, she kind of completed him. And what I like about it is the songwriting in it, like, he, he starts off painting the picture of, like, he's at this, like, rundown hotel, and then the second verse, his car breaks down, and he's having to find a shade to tree mechanic, as he said, to <clears throat> really uh, try to find the parts so he can try to get back to maybe try to have a small glimmer of hope to win her back. But uh, my favorite part of the song definitely is the hook because it's a hook that I really haven't heard from from too many artists in this way. Like like he's saying, I, I guess I ended up where she told me to go, whereas like when they broke up, I'm assuming she told him to go to hell. And since he let her go, you know, <laughs> his life is gone to hell. So I think that's by far like probably my favorite song of his, and it's definitely a deep album cut off of his first or second record. But... I had another another one of my favorites. It's actually a very close to that song, but I went with uh, "Can't Take It With You." Oh, that's a good one. Which is very close to the same storyline, yeah. told in a different, totally different way. With the whole, you know, he never realized what she brought to the table until she took the coffee table type <laughs> yeah. deal. Like those analogies is part of what I really like about the song. It's how he, the the cleverness of the way he does all the analogies throughout the whole song, and he does the same thing too. You know. Basically, he sit, paints the picture, too, of how he's literally sitting in an empty house with no furniture, the classic guy thing, because she had all the furniture, and he didn't realize what he had until she left. And, you know, he blew all his chances. Very similar yeah. to that song, yeah. just told in a different a different story to tell the same same he's, narrative. Because he's of. headed fast from Memphis with a uh, trailer, trailer load in tow. tow. But, yeah, and it, it plays on that can't take it with you, um, I guess, phrase that people we've all heard you know typically probably from older people in our society saying you know you can't take it with you when you go which in the sense of dying yeah it's true but this time she literally took everything with yeah. her and, and left him high and dry and probably to it from his own doing but that's a good one like that meme you see where the guy's sitting in a lawn chair in his living room with a tv oh 100 <laughs> <Yeah>. percent. <laughs> didn't realize how much uh she actually filled out the home with the the, the decor with the tables <laughs> yeah if I had to pick a second one it would uh, easily be it Ain't Killed Me Yet oh that's a good one yeah um, kind of playing on you know the, the reckless nature of being young you know? yeah but it kind of I feel like it kind of moves more into young adulthood yeah went to the doctor you know, gotta get off them damn cigarettes <laughs> yeah uh, 
But yeah. saying he ain't scared because, you know, it ain't killed him yet. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I feel like a lot of, especially our age, 20-something guys, yeah. do some stuff that probably in the best for us, but, yeah, <laughs> hell, we're young. Yeah. it's And see, that's one thing that, like, a lot of these songs that we're, I guess we're all saying are our favorite, like, for, like, everyone uh, to know, like, we're all in our mid-20s-ish in that range. So we're at that weird point in life where we're still young, but we're not as young as we weren't were, so we're starting to mature a little bit more, but still we, we relate to those reckless young 20s college-age songs because it was definitely a kind of a reality in some respect. We're all on the losing side of 25. Yeah, losing <laughs> side of 25. But that's where Eric Church has changed in his songwriting. You know, he's in his 40s now. He has a couple kids. Like he, His songwriting has definitely matured, and um, probably why you're going to not hear as many of the us to be saying that three-year-old for instance is our favorite song because none of us have a three-year-old so it doesn't it doesn't hit us as hard emotionally as say you know Don't young really. and loud or ain't killed me yet and things like that but i know that um one that i also really like and this is just because of like personal it's not necessarily his best written song but it's a killer concert song is these boots that was yeah. that's a jam live and honestly it's one that i play on my own guitar all the time and it's uh you know it uses his boots to detail like the highs and lows that he's gone through wearing those boots and it's basically just using that uh that thing to be able to describe his experiences and things that he went through and you know with the cool thing that i guess is like what if you've been to a church show you know this when he plays that song half the crowd takes off one of their boots and hold it up and it's just a cool moment to be a part of when you when you see it i'm surprised it doesn't stink in the arena (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but I, then again, with all the beer that's there, it's probably the people aren't really, <laughs> their sensor, senses are not probably run on Keen. <laughs> all cylinders. But, so, what's another one for you? Another one would have been my close to a second that I really can't explain a whole lot, but Springsteen's probably a close second. Oh, get him out of here. <laughs> Mr. Mainstream over here. It's one of the things, I could come up with a bunch of different songs that I could explain why I like them. I can't really explain why I like Springsteen all so much, but I'd be lying to myself if I didn't say it wasn't one of my favorites. I agree with you, man. Like, Springsteen is a jam. No, and, in, go ahead. In Springsteen, you know, it's like the, at the end of every verse, you, is that a steel guitar? I don't think so, but I have to go back and listen. Yeah. So by the I don't the reason I'm gonna err on the side of saying no is because in his first in Centers Like Me and Carolina he had some pedal steel. But Eric Church personally doesn't like pedal steel and neither does his producer Jay Joyce. So by the time that he did Chief and moving forward, they kind of like phased it out because it's not really a like I personally love pedal steel, but he's he's not a big big fan of it. So I would probably say no without Without really knowing. But yeah, like Springsteen's a great song. The closest explanation I could have for it too is that when it was came out was when we were seniors in high school. Yeah. But that's the closest explanation. I don't can't explain it, but that little like two little key thing that let's be honest, it's a it's a catchy song. Yeah. It's probably it sounds fantastic. Sonically. It's one of those more like poppy sounding songs, but it's it's such a fun song and it, it's really just an anthem. Yeah. Like it's one that live like the whole the whole yeah, arena is, is it was a huge sing along song. To. Yeah, it was a huge song. Still is a huge song. Yeah, and one thing that's cool that he does at his live shows is before he gets into it, he always weaves in a Bruce Springsteen song at, at some point in the song, and, and like goes into like a a melody, uh, a medley, a mix of a Springsteen song and his song uh, aptly titled Springsteen. So that's kind of cool. That any depending on like you know what tour it is, he does a different one each time. So if we're talking about songs that. Are- now, I've only seen him live in North Carolina. 
However, the whole crowd goes wild when he plays these boots. Oh, yeah. crowd also goes insanely wild when he plays Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. for sure. And for it, sure. that's a concert song. And, you know, it kind of just hits uh, all, all the points that people from North Carolina have, have pride in. Mm-hmm. He's a mountain boy. So it's just a... It's a personal song. I think it, it plays yeah. well. Being I've been to the North Carolina mountains many yeah. times. And the cool thing about that song is he uses like he's it's almost written like a love letter, but it, instead of it being to a girl, it's um it's towards the state of North Carolina, and he he really goes into detail describing like you know different landmarks and different things like I guess the scenery that I guess related to him and, and made an impact on him growing up, and then being from North Carolina, even though we're from the eastern part of the state. It's like it, it really packs a punch because it really brings up memories of, of different things that, you know, you experience. Well, for us, it would be like the lake or like, you know, things like that because we're, you know, we're from around the Lake Gaston area where for him, you know, it was, it was the mountains. Right. So it's like you, it, the, the epitome of a great song is when it can make you feel um, an emotional connection like that. And, and, and it brings up, connects, a, as he says in Springsteen, a, a melody with a memory. And that's something that Eric Church really does well. But uh, one that I really, really love, and I know that Andy and I had discussed this before recording that we both are fans of. I don't know if they made your list or not, but it's The Hard Way. Nope, didn't. Uh, yes. It was, yeah. It was. Yeah, The Hard Way's great. It was, a run, it was a contender. It's another song about, I don't know why these songs, I, I must have mental issues, I don't know, but uh, bad decisions and the consequences of those bad decisions. And it's like, you know... He loses a, uh, his Mustang, and his friend got hurt because he was irresponsible and reckless and trying to race in his car. And then second verse, he loses the, a girl because he never took a chance. He kept the ring in his pocket and didn't, didn't ever ask him to marry him. Then loses a family member who didn't. Uh, says that you don't need to take time, uh, take things for granted because time is, is finite. He didn't, like, saying that, you know, didn't tell his dad he loved him enough. And I, I think his dad's still alive, so it's not like it's an autobiographical thing, but it still packs a punch. Yeah. Don't take things for granted and don't have to learn the hard way. Yep. Which More I, of the song. Which I feel like I learned just about everything I learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, Most when, people do. When yeah. you're a young, stubborn, 20-some-year-old male, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's sometimes it takes the hard way to really get through to you and, and, and learn a lesson. I was always told, you're going to be stupid, you got to be tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess the other one too. I got speaking. I guess you would call it a bummer, bummer jam, but it's one of my favorites of his. Is lightning? Oh yeah, it is such a phenomenal song, f- fantastically written and a super dark song. Yeah, and then the, one of the things that always I've loved about that song is where in the last, I guess it'd be the last verse where he does that sonic change, which yeah, you said was yeah, what they. <clears throat> if I was hearing correctly, they were applying a lot of reverb, Re- where it makes where it sound it, like it sounds like he's, like he's in a room and it's echoed. Yeah, and, right after you yeah. know they they electrocute him. I have always thought, <laughs> they electrocute him. Well, that's Andy, what they do. He's like they burnt that mother. <laughs> But right there, how it like they that song, it's so great how they incorporate that. Yeah, to, it, it kind of gave the feeling yeah. that he was his soul was leaving his body, and, and that's what and he said, ascending to heaven. The first line of that verse is yeah. now I'm flying, yeah. part right there. Why don't you sing it for us? Long yep. pause. <laughs> yeah, can't, not gonna sing it. <laughs> hey, we can throw some auto tune on here yeah. for you. <laughs> that's one of the ones that makes you when you pick that in your favorites, make you seem like a psychopath. Yeah. But but I mean it's great it's, because he he murdered somebody to to like and family. He, he, he was trying a, uh, he was trying to rob a store yep. to get food and he ended up shooting the guy working at the store and he had to pay the price yeah. for the con- decisions he made. 
And he says, you know, it wasn't like he just did it for the hell of it. He said he had, I believe it was a... Blue-eyed girl yeah, or something like that. Blue-eyed baby, be, I yeah, think. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, I mean, he was trying to feed his family and things went wrong. And things can go south really easily and it can make a mess of something. And that song kind of illustrates that in a very, very unique way, I think. First time I heard that song was on the highway on XM Radio. Really? Yeah, that was thinking... This doesn't seem like a highway song. No, no. They're, they typically don't play heavy stuff on, no, on that yeah, station. No, yeah, was a... The highway is Soccer Mom Central. It, it, is. <laughs> it is. But yeah, and what's another one for you, Cal? Maybe I'm taking a lot of the good ones. I, to be honest with you, one that I really like from his new stuff is I really do like Desperate Man. Desperate Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's a just a, it's a kind of a poppy song. Yeah, it was a Ray Wiley Hubbard co-write, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. on Mr. Snake Farm himself. <laughs> that nut job. Yeah. So it's, it's one of his new things, and I kind of fell off the, the Eric train. I, I didn't fall off the wagon. I I wasn't much of a fan after Chief. I, I didn't really like... Uh, the Outsiders was a low point in his career. Yeah, it was kind of rocky. It had, yeah. some, it had some decent songs on there, and then Record Year... Had some decent songs yeah. on it, but it I, also I had loved, some. I love the song record year. Yeah, yeah. Um, the word the album itself great. had some yeah some hit and misses on there, uh, but it wasn't like Chief and Carolina and right. the older stuff. But the Desperate Man album, uh, I, I really enjoyed that song. So. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It kind of has um, a little bit of a Rolling Stones flair. Yeah, I uh, in, in that song, which I think works well with his vocals and his style that he's cultivated for himself. But uh, but yeah, I know that I love um, most of mine are from the first three records for sure. But those I've loved, mm-hmm. you know, it's talking about you know waiting by the curb with Mister Murphy. Yeah, and his dad his dad picks him up and you know he's going by his, his granddaddy who who uh, you know took him fishing, taught him a lot of stuff he knows was passing away in the hospital. And yeah, that's a heavy first verse for his yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then you know the second one, the age old thing that almost every male in America can relate to is you know uh, losing a girl. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, they they had a great time together. They were dating. He thought he he was going to be with her, and then she packs off for Denver, or I think it was Denver in that song. Yes. And you know, but he he's saying that while these people are gone, he doesn't regret bringing them into his for those he loved along the way. And then you know, that's a, a good little bow to uh, to wrap on the those you know in that chorus. Now that's just a very, I guess, heartfelt. And see, the thing about Eric Church, he has this very like macho bravado kind of like image but he's at his best when it's a heartfelt emotional song and it's stripped back yeah, yeah. like he, he's just i don't know what it is like he he puts off that image but he's at his best when he's vulnerable and and uh stripped back in my opinion to me too like the hard way and those i've loved are very similar songs but at the same time very different yeah, it's the same sort of topics. Yeah, you know, like with yeah, the girl yeah, yeah. and the family member. There's and regret everything. and remorse yeah. in the hard way. Where in those I've loved, it's I'm glad they were there because it's, it's a little bit more of a mature take on it. He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they were there because I, I learned this lesson. Where the hard way was, I needed to learn this lesson, but I wish I didn't have to learn it that way. It's two ways of looking at the same viewpoint. Yeah, but like the same point, but two views of looking at it. Right. And I believe both of the songs are on the same album as, as well, too. As you just said, it was a total circle. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm looking at in my head is I see a circle, but yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to get to the middle point, and then I think I realized I said it backwards the yeah, first yeah, time. Yeah, I, I was trying you. to make it a circle. I feel you. But my circle kept turning into a square. Yeah. But yeah, my next one is over when it's over. I know that's on your list, yeah, Logan's list as well. Has. That one's one of my definite never skips one of the more underrated songs on the chief album because like the the wordplay in that song i know we keep saying that but the word his his songwriting on that song 
like one of my favorite lines in there is dreams are like a knife when you're hanging by a thread because you know everything's such a risk in life and when you have like when you're you lose somebody like that you're you're not always in the best position and, and it's, uh, it's also it's very similar to can't take it with you and where she yeah. told me to go but it's but told, it's done in a very, different way. it's a more yeah it's a different um the end of a relationships where you both know it's over and it's one of my favorite lines from that song is where the regrets outlast the alcohol type deal <laughs> yeah where they're both kind of you know know it's over but they're like you know hey look this is just it and they both realize it you know i mean have you had any regrets that outlasted the alcohol <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to answer that on on on, uh, on the show. <laughs> no comment. No, I plead the fifth. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good one. Um, over when it's over, it, and it's it's a sad song, but it's not slow. And, Very catchy. Yeah, that's where like I uh, I really like. For instance, like take old ninety sevens. For instance, they have up tempo sad songs, and while that's more like little mid tempo, like that when artists can do that effectively. Where they can have a heavy topic and it can not, it's not just all good times and bonfires because you know the three of us can attest from being from a rural town life isn't one big party in a field so <laughs> it's like it, when you can do that but you can do it in a way that is I guess um, you know amenable to a wider audience with the tempo because I, I have a handful of friends that won't listen to a slow plodding along song but they 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 miss out on a lot of good music but it's music for them they're they're not an audiophile it's an, it's background music so i mean it may just make sense when you can tie in a heavy and substantive lyric with a catchy melody and an up and a mid tempo to up tempo you know time it, it's just it, it makes for a great song so you have another one Kyle? yes uh you you were talking about how y'all all like uh this doesn't relate to my next one but I also think Eric Church does a really good. I, I call it more like an angry country song. Yeah, yeah. And he has a lot of really good, for sure. Uh, really good kind of. Well, not angry, but they're. I don't really know the correct word to describe it. Yeah. But he's he's pushing a point almost. Mm, uh, kind of like a lot of boot. That's yeah, kinda, a lot of that's boot. That's pretty, yeah. that's yeah. pretty yeah. That's angry a, for sure. Yeah. Aggressive, uh, I guess maybe. There's some rumors that that song was about the Rascal Flats, but I don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that one. Because I mean, he got kicked off their tour and. Taylor Swift took his place, and then next, <laughs> next thing you know, the rest is history. <laughs> so the, my next song that I, I, I do always uh, like is um, His Kind of Money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, that is a really good yeah, song. It's a really good song. Um, Another one off his first couple of records yeah, that we're talking yeah. about. Uh, There's I don't a really, trend here. Yeah, I don't really have a reason to like it. It's just a, yeah. a good song to yeah. go through. So, that, that's kind of how I am about um, what I almost was. Yes. Because like it, there was a... A, a verse in that that is I do know he said that it was a true story where he um, he could have had a you know country club suit and tie man is what, or is what, he, what he could have been the corner office working for his then girlfriend or fiance's daddy answering the uh, yeah answering her and, only her, her and him yeah so instead he you know packed up his stuff for them and decided to pursue music because he and he I do know he broke up with a um, young lady who could have offered that country club lifestyle but he didn't want it because he had a bigger dream and again dreams are like a knife when you're hanging by a thread so he cut ties with her bring it full circle there cut ties with her and uh and moved on to nashville and you know now eric church is one of the biggest names in country music so and insanely wealthy yeah yeah insanely wealthy and he already came from a relatively affluent background but now he's just like another level of yeah, wealth another yeah but 
Uh, those were probably we covered most of the, the five I had, but I mean, if we want to yeah. talk about some others, you know, we still we definitely can. We could probably keep going on for probably good until we name like every zone. We, yeah, we've done that before. I we called, would name I called it. I called Andy out one time. We were reviewing a Dalton Domino record. And I was like, let's talk about the highlights of the record. And Andy named like seven of the ten songs. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, everything can't be a highlight. If everything's a highlight, then by definition, there is no highlight. <laughs> we would literally, if we sat here, we would name all the songs off of the first three albums. Yeah. And then probably call it a day. I don't think he had a bad song until The Outsiders. Yeah, that was where, like, there were some definitely skippable moments on those records. Yeah. But The Outsiders was... Like I said, it, it wasn't a bad record, especially when you compare him to his peers in the mainstream, but it was a low point for Eric Church just because I wasn't really picking up what he was putting down in the creative direction he chose to go in. Whereas, like, I think that the record after that, I think it was Mr. Misunderstood, definitely was a step in the right direction for him, both sonically and, you know, creatively. That's one of the other things we I told you earlier. Is it like... Um well, some of his songs, too, that they're really good, but they're not something you want to listen to very frequently. Right. Like I said, like, Keep On is a definite song that I really like by him, but if you hear it so many times within a certain proximity, you're not going to really want to hear that over and over and over again. Right. Whereas some of the other ones, they're a definite never skip, period. That's a never skip, you know, for a while, unless it gets too frequent, then it's yeah. a skip. And there are very few songs in my life that I will never, I never hit the skip button. Yeah. Everybody's going to have that. Yeah. But I know that, like, you know, with Eric Church, probably, you know, I would say that on his out, I think, in my opinion, his newer stuff, I think that he is a, you know, his songwriting prowess has gotten better. I think he's a better songwriter now, but it's not always as relatable to me in my current situation at 26 years old and, you know, no, no wife or kids as it would be, you know. 10 to 15 years down the road from now. I think so. times that his first three albums, like you were saying, too, sort of, it was a little bit more, like, maybe less eloquently written, but still very well written. But the less eloquent, more more of the country boy type verbiage, I guess, which right. you would say. If that's my, what I'm, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> smell what you're stepping in. Yeah. Smell what the rock is cooking. How many more cliches can we fit in before we make the next point? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done too. But yeah, I mean, I, I can agree with that. Like his newer stuff, I, I do think it. Like I said, his songwriting is better. But it's you know, like you said, it, it's more a little bit more rock and roll. He does have some like moments of nostalgic songs that work, like with Hippie Radio, and you know, then another song that I guess relates more when you have kids because you're you're thinking more of about your children rather than yourself, and that's like monsters. Yeah, because and that that's a great song where he's talking yeah. about you know you know now falling on my knees is my new turning on the light, yeah. uh, how you need to keep your faith intact and then you know everything it's not will be all right. Hear very often on the radio anymore either. It's not. I mean, especially in like we we listen to a lot of independent music. I know Andy and I in particular do. Um, where not all and I'm not knocking them for this, but not all and a lot of independent artists are not really people of faith. So it's like they don't really ever have songs with that material in it. So when an artist has that, and me being a person of faith, it, it's relatable to me because there's something there that um, I, I think there is a it, it, it's something there that that is a lot of people feel, and he you know succinctly put it into that song, and it's a great song to like you know describe the feeling when you're trying to keep your family together and help your kid when he's scared at night, and you know with the monsters in the closet, so to speak. So. Well, and I have 
One major gripe with Eric Church. What's that? Go with, hey, air your grievances. Consider this Festivus. This is one of my most biggest gripes I have with him, is that because of that man, I tried mustard on my fries. Oh, that was And it was absolutely horrible. It was horrible. Never tried. And I'm also going to say mustard on your fries and red man chew suck. (laughs) Yeah. Eric Church lied to us about that. Not even that. I believe the red man that he is referring to is the silver sugar-free blend. Oh, really? It's even worse. Ugh. Like it's just it was bad, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Mustard on your fries is a is a no go for me, dog. Must be a Tar Heel fan thing. Yeah, there's something missing cognitively with people that pull for the Tar Heels and put mustard on their fries. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, does he, do you guys have any other songs you want to cover at the moment, or any other grievances you want to air with Eric Church or Tar Heels in particular? Well, I don't want to start the Tar Heel thing because we can sit here for three hours. <laughs> And they'd just be scratching the surface. I do want to give him a shout out uh, for a while there uh, in the 2014 to 2016 period. You know, when he was kind of down on the outsiders period. Yeah. He was on some bangers uh, just as a, a verse or two. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He was on the Legends of Country song. Yeah. I don't believe that was 2016. I believe that was like 2017 or 2018. I can't remember. Uh, that was a banger. He's in there. He's also on a, his, his two or three verses on a Luke, uh, Luke Bryan and, um, the song name escapes me now. Um, you talking about the the collab he did with Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean? That's it. Yeah, yeah. His, yeah. his two or three verses on there. Yeah, best part of the song. It was the best part of the song. Like uh, their their verses were not as good as his. Yeah, yeah. But he kills it on that. So I, I did yeah. have to give him a shout out there. Yeah, and then also I, I got to give him a shout out too for bringing like in the song Mister Misunderstood. He name checked Ray Wiley Hubbard and uh, Jeff Tweedy. And that there, the majority of Eric Church fans probably before then had never heard of either. Um, I, admittedly, I'm not the biggest Ray Wiley Hubbard music fan, but I think Ray Wiley, Ray Wiley Hubbard's a cool dude, and he's he's a talented songwriter. But he's different. But Jeff Tweedy, I'm a, he's the lead singer of Wilco, uh, originally in Uncle Tupelo, one of the first alt country bands. I'm a big fan of most of Tweedy's work. Some of Tweedy's work's weird as shit, and it's not very good. But it's like what Ray Wiley Hubbard. Yeah. But, you know, those are early Wilco records slap, man, and they hold up. So that I got to give him a credit for bringing Jeff Tweedy into the forefront of the radio listeners on that. So, But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that about covers everything we wanted to talk about with Eric Church today. Uh, we'll have to go back and listen to see how much rambling we did and <laughs> or not. But, uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for Kyle sitting in today. It might become a semi-regular thing if we can time constraints work out and everything. But, yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. So in this this episode of Country and Cold Cans Podcast, I'm Logan. And I'm Andy. And I'm Kyle. All right. We'll see you next time.